What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. In today's episode, I sit down with Travis with Paint Ops, one of the coolest brands in the painting business. He's such a cool guy, great story, and really just ready to take his business to the next level. So we hammer out an awesome business breakthrough, uh, and it starts right now. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. going on everyone i'm here with travis with paint ops in georgia what's up man welcome hey, to the contractor secrets podcast so we had a chance to talk yesterday um dude i heard a little bit about your story man i'd love for you to maybe like share a little bit of the background because it's such a really a cool story you don't have to go crazy just a little bit about like you know what, what got you into this uh into the painting business you know why you got started yeah so um, I first held a paintbrush in my hand. I think I was probably 17. Uh, I worked for a, a contractor. Uh, I was a single lady. You know, I was in high school. I'd get out of school, meet her wherever she was, paint, go home, sleep, you know, rinse, mm -hmm. wash, eat. Um, I left that. You know, I never made more than, I think, $11 an hour with her. I left that. Um, I started a police department about age 18, just working, you know, internal, turned 21, went to the academy. Um, you know, basically, did all the fun stuff that you can do as a police officer. You know, I was in special ops, um, a lot of uh, high crime stuff. I was a sex crimes detective. Um, and all, all people knew like, hey, this guy's a pretty quick painter. You know, all my friends asking, hey, can you help yeah. us paint? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure, whatever. So I had an opportunity to um, bid a house. Uh, and I bid the house really cheap. It took me 31 days. You know, I'd get off work um, being a detective get in my wife's Honda Civic loaded with ladders, all that kind of stuff, drive out there, paint it. Total hours, it took me 53 hours. Um, and then I sat at my desk and I cashed that check and I was like, wow, here I am slaving away at this police department making, uh, it was about 2,200 a month. Uh, that was it, you know, unless I worked side jobs, um, risking my life. And I just painted this house and made like three, <laughs> months, three months of my salary. Yeah. So that's kind of like where the where the image of paint ops was was born. You know, I got right. it from Pops, you know, the, right. the mantra. But I I started looking around. I started Googling, you know, painters in my area. And um, I'm not going to talk poorly about any of my competition. Um, but I started saying, hey, there's a really big need for a professionalized company in this area. Right. right. So I just started, you know, caffeinated and motivated and started typing and building it. Yeah. Uh, Started, started bidding until one day I called my wife and said, I think I'm going to quit the police department and start this painting business full time. And both exactly. me and her were, you know, completely out of breath for like the first two weeks. Like, what, what, what are <laughs> yeah, we doing? Yeah, I think you say like, like no, there was no phone calls, no jobs. It was kind of just like this, you know, that's a scary place to be, man, especially when you had a career job already, like something you probably thought you would be doing for the rest of your life. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so interesting man i love the story and that's kind of why you know i wanted to kind of kick that off because here you are now paint ops um first of all love the branding um you and i had an opportunity opportunity to do a drip jobs demo yesterday and 
you know, you, you know, reading your reviews, what you've built so far um, is exceptional. You have a beautiful folder. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me that you showed me yesterday is that you actually give money um, to charities and you allow the customer to pick. Uh, and that was actually highlighted in one of the reviews that I read, you know, about your, your business, you know, about what people really, um, the experience that you give them. And there was something in you that said, I need to take this up a notch. I need to take this to the next level. Let's talk about some things in your business that you would like some clarity on in terms of what the next level looks like. So tell us a little bit about who, you know, you have maybe a couple guys with you, what's been working well. And then, you know, what, what, what do you want some clarity on, man? What's, what's the next step for you? So, um, to be very honest with you, I'm in this stage right now where I either have to decide, Hey, I like this and this is what I'm going to do. Um, and it's really easy to control right now. Um, or I can do what I left the police department for, which is, you know, build a legacy for my kids, make sure my family is well and beyond provided right. for and serve my community and also bring a group of guys or girls on and just really shine for them in the painting industry in my area. And where I'm struggling personally is I love my sales process. I love my communication. I think Drip Jobs is going to really perfectly go hand in hand with my communication level, if not make it, you know, extremely better. Because there are times where I'll get a text, hey, any updates? You know, those, those drips will already go out. So I'm really pumped about already that. Yeah. Um, because I truly like to just go at my customer's feet. Just say, hey, dude, we're here to serve you. Anything you need. Like we've stopped. We've helped them bring groceries in. Um, okay. You know. Hey, your dog is lost. Hey, everybody stop paying. Let's go find the dog. <laughs> Good. So I truly have a passion for my customers, um, which I think is a big deal for our success. Sure. Uh, but this is where I'm at. I want, so I have two guys that work with me. One has been with me since the beginning and he, he is my workhorse. Um, I will say he's not the most talented painter, but boy, does he try every single day. And the greatest thing about him is if I was like, hey, dude, I need you to grab that shovel and move that mountain right there, he'd go shovel by shovel. Like, he just has a heart that's just dedicated and pure. Um, I have another guy that's with me. Um, he's <laughs> probably one of the fastest learners uh, I've ever seen in, the, in this trade. Um, he'll go real slow, and I'm like, hey, man, don't be afraid of it. And he's like, uh, he'll, yeah. <laughs> he'll go real quick. Yeah. Um, and when I saw that, you know, when I saw how quick he is to learn, I'm like, man, there are more guys like him, you know, and that's, it really opened my eyes. And this is where this pivotal moment is coming. So I've been tracking my numbers, my production times. Um, I'm talking like, I've been tracking data like crazy. Adding the third guy has um, obviously with training and stuff like that, it's completely changed our numbers, which I understand. And I'm not holding him you know, if we work five hours, I maybe count two of his because we're in training phase. Um, but what is holding me, I, where my crutch is, calendar, calendar, timing, and then close to the weekend. So what I like to do is work Monday through Thursday and then do my bids on Friday. Okay. Uh, because I'm still in the field, you know, I'm still there with, with. So are you the third guy? Time. So, so when you say the third guy, are you the third guy? Yeah. Who's so it's me, me and Christian, and then we just had a, another guy start. Got it. So you and Christian up until this point have kind of built this, right? I mean, in terms of like the production side of things, it's always been you two. It's always me and him doing the labor. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, and then I do um, everything else. Like the, the numbers, the yeah. estimates. The SEOs so, and all. so when I look at this, it's almost like, okay, well, 
you know, there's a couple principles that I want to kind of talk about. Number one is, you know, first thing you need to understand is that Travis is an employee of paint ops and he's also the business owner of paint ops. So you're operating in two roles, right? When you look at it like, oh, well, the third guy is kind of slowing down our production and making our, you know, our numbers, you know, shrink really the goal is that he would replace you. And I know that's a hard thing to swallow, but when you look at it, like, it seems like you have a flow with two painters. Now you removing yourself from the equation is a heavy hit, you know, but what it's really doing is it's allowing you to actually be in the role that you're supposed to be in, you know, yes. and, and, and I think you understand that, you know, and I want, I was curious to know, like, what is your term? What is your goal in terms of when you plan to, to remove yourself? If, if, if that was even a thought up until this point, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. So my, my goal is to remove myself from the field uh, eventually, but I am one of those people that's like, I kind of just still want to be there. Like I want to still show up. I want to, um, like, I don't want to be a business owner from the office. I, I want to still talk to my customers, um, yep. job sites. Hey, load up the sprayer. I'm spraying yep. today. I mean, I, I don't want to remove my, just I, I truly love working with these guys, man. Like when they do something cool, they're like, this sure. is awesome. You know, yeah, I love that. It's great cool. energy. Um, so my goal now, right now, is to get two or three teams of two to three. Um, and I'm, I'm in, again, I'm in this weird position because right now we do cabinets, interior, and exterior. Yeah. Um, I'm the only sprayer right now. Neither of the guys know how to spray. Um, working on it, but it takes time. Yeah. Um, so I'm in this position, like, do I drop cabinets? I, I truly love cabinet work. It's indoors, there's AC and it's like art, you know what I mean? Sure. And to see the, the change in a customer when they go from, you know, their kitchen, what it was to a, a finished kitchen. Like, I love that. Yeah. But can I carry that on with my business? And what well, I'm trying to do? I like to tell people this, you may have heard it. If you've listened to my podcast is that you're running three businesses, you know, interior, exterior and cabinets. They all have different ways to be marketed, different ways to be sold, different ways to be produced. So that tells me it's a different business altogether. Just because it's painting doesn't mean that it needs to be done, um, you know, that way. But I think that 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 kind of hurts what you told me was something stopping you, right? You said like the scheduling is hard and the cash flow gets weird yeah. and then you're going into the weekend and and there's a lack of consistency there, then you're leaving on Friday doing these estimates, which sometimes I'm sure you have three or four with your reputation. You're probably stacking three or four on the day, which takes four to five hours with, with your presentation. Would you agree? The most I've done is eight and it is an exhausting day. <laughs> it's, it ex it's an exhausting day, day right? Yeah. So Christian's working alone on Friday and there's just this kind of like rift in the system um, from, from, you know, at least what, from at least what I see. Um, you know, so, so I have I have them off on Friday. So we work Monday through Thursday. Okay. And then um they're off and then I work. They're, oh, they're off on Friday. Yeah. So, so Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. I like it. I mean, I think it's a are they working 10 hour days? So we had it set up for 10 hour days, Monday through Thursday. So it could be 10 hour days, and that's where the hours get weird. But there are some days when it was just me and him, like we would kill ourselves one day. And the next day, I'm like, hey, let's let's cut early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the belly of the beast. All right. So mindset shift here needs to be like, and I could be wrong. I'm of course I'm just kind of just poking at you just to see like you know, where we're at. But like, are you surprised at your success? There. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I think there's a part of you that feels like it's too good to be true, and I think it's that's scary. natural. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's natural. I mean, it's almost like, I don't know if, well, and the reason why you feel that way is because you don't have any marketing. So you're very reliant upon word of mouth. You're mm -hmm. very reliant on people calling you and hoping that, you know, and what that makes you feel like is that you're out of control, right? <laughs> you know, cause you yeah. don't know if it's going to ring. You just need to like, make sure you're there to protect your word of mouth at all times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of prohibiting. And the reason it's prohibiting is because again, anytime we're out of control in business, that means we have to hyper-focus on it to protect it. It's almost like, um, I don't know if you can visualize like building a pile of sand, but the sand keeps falling down and you can't really get up because you're just keep, you keep trying to put sand that keeps falling. And it's this never ending battle of just making sure things are perfect. And there has to be some sort of disassociation to that. And it doesn't have to be you leaving and working in the office. Everything that you told me that you love to do, Hey, make sure this is done or go do this, or, you know, just overseeing the job site in general has nothing to do with you painting. Painting yeah. is fun. And it's great, but you just said one of your goals is to have two or three crews. You can't really accomplish that with the current system. You know this. That's why you're here. Yeah. You know, you get it. And and I just want you to emphasize, like I did, a, I did actually a little talk up in Pennsylvania. It was a it was a cabinet refinishing event. And one of the things I talked about was making powerful decisions to impact others. I feel like you're the type of person that would want to impact the lives of others. I think you're already doing that. You're realizing that you can create a great opportunity and it's important to you. And I think that you need to understand this, the most, like the, the biggest decision that you're ever going to make, you already made it. That was quitting your job. Right. So like, and I, and I tell people this because there's, there's gotta be some barriers here. Like you haven't really pulled the trigger on marketing. You haven't up until this point pulled the trigger on like a software. Like you, you're kind of like hesitant to just like, to, to do these things. And that's normal. Okay. Cause everyone's like that, but I'm just trying to emphasize to you that like, there's two things that are going to happen when you do something like investing in a software, investing in a marketing company, buying leads, things that are super uncomfortable. In other words, you told me that you were making $2,200. That's a moderate to low ad spend for an average company, right? So the mindset is, holy cow, I'm spending $2,200 on marketing. I used to make that in a month. That's a hard thing to do. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like average, average person. But again, the investor mindset is I need to do this for a few reasons. Number one, I need to have an, I need to have something that I can control when it comes to lead flow. Super important because if you don't believe and have confidence in your company's growth, which comes from lead flow, then how are you going to have the confidence to hire people? So that's, that's where, that's where I'm kind of weirded out because like there was a time this year we were booked for four months and I was having to go to like right now I'm booked. Um, I think I've got 14 jobs still outstanding right now. And my exterior season is going to start ending here soon. So I got to, you know, it's, we've had to have some pain. So my fear has been, um, all right. So I, I paid for the marketing. Now I'm going to customers saying, Hey guys, uh, we're actually five months out. I mean, how long? Are well, there's, a, there's a balance that you have to really work. I mean, I, I feel like you're a very analytical person. You're very interested in the numbers. You're very interested in the system. I love that. Brother, two crews of two. I mean, at this point, you have to set your team up to be able to grow, right? And I think it starts with the jobs that you take. I mean, taking interior one day, exterior the other day, and then going to cabinets. You and I both know that you know, cabinets is a totally different monster. It's not even easy. And you know, 
if you're taking a week to do a cabinet job, you could have banged out two interior jobs and probably made the same amount of money. You know, yeah, I could be wrong in some cases with very big luxurious cabinets, but you, you get what I'm saying. So, so, so yes, like you asked me, should I drop cabinets right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do them again in the future and it's going to be really hard for you to say no, because you're, 100% dependent on word of mouth. You don't have the luxury to let these things go, right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, if I call you and say, hey, I heard you did Joanne's cabinets, what are you gonna say? No, we don't do cabinets anymore and let okay. six grand leave, right? Yeah. That is your challenge. It's your, it's your ability to say no to protect the system because the short-term pleasure is the, the money. <laughs> the long-term mm -hmm. pleasure is the fact that you have a system that operates very, very systematically and smooth. And that is the big challenge. If I were to narrow down one challenge in this entire podcast that I do, it's that right there. It's the ability to let that go. How do you let that go? Well, if you have marketing that is marketing for interior and exterior painting, and you know that you're going to get 10 or 15 of those leads on average, because you have a certain amount of ad spend, then at that point in time, it's easy to say no to cabinets because you know that, yeah. Hey, you're going to get another opportunity. Now's the best time for you to say no, because number one, you're so booked out, but number two, don't make the mistake of thinking that being booked out that far is a good thing. Your customers are suffering. That's, they're not happy about that. Yeah, I know. You know, you got 14 jobs. You might be three, some, maybe four months booked at this point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it scary? Is it scary to you to do two jobs at one time? I don't think we would be able to do two jobs at one time with their, because like the one guy has been with us for three weeks. Um, and then the jobs that we have lined up, if Christian did them solo, we just take, because they're, they're larger jobs. Sure. You know, so, so here's, here's, here's what I've learned, right? There's certain jobs that are easy and not just the actual job itself, but the customer, right? Sometimes you get yeah. customers that you just know are like super cool, right? Yeah like very, very beautiful people that are not picky. They're not needy. They just are happier there, right? Well, mm -hmm. I'm sure you can identify those customers. That's the type of job you want to give Christian an opportunity to do by himself. And you are the only one that can turn the key and control that, bro. I mean, you are the person that opens up doors of opportunity. Now, you can't tell me that he can't run an interior project by himself that doesn't require spraying, right? Correct. Right. So that would be a great opportunity for you to just test the waters there. See what mm -hmm. it looks like. Give him an opportunity. And you know what could happen in best case scenario is that you allow him to do that while you go and do a cabinet job by yourself. Just to see what it feels like. Yeah. And then at that point in time, you might say, well, this is good. I like this. Christian, I want you to do the next job. In that time, you hire another person to work with you to do the next interior. And just see what it looks like to do two jobs with two people at one time with you being on the other crew in worst case scenario, if this just hits the wall and it's horrible, well, you bring the person you hired to the Christian's crew, you have a team of three, and now you have one crew of three that's producing a substantial amount of work that can knock out some of this job time, right? Yeah. More cash flow, right? Happier customers, better promises, easier scheduling. Doing Monday through Thursday is a really cool thing. And I'm sure people appreciate it. Very hard to manage if you're not doing a solid 10 hours a day. Yeah. Because it's not knocking down the jobs quick enough. Mm -hmm. You know, with so, the team. That was one of my questions for you. And it was about specifically hiring. Okay. So 
Um, right now they're 1099. I'm actively looking into switching over to W2. Um, and I'm building all that out right now. Okay. But my question for you was, and I know you talk a lot about hiring um, and putting out ads and stuff like that. So let's just say it is Monday through Thursday and we're not hitting that 10 hours, you know, from, cause I, I don't have, so, you know, I don't have entrepreneurs in my family. I don't know any business owners that, you know, sure. this is all, everything I've, I think I've done is I've learned on my own. Amazing. Questions. So you your employee, you know, they come in at 32 hours. Okay. You know, what, what is the pinch point on that? Like, do you have to find him six more hours of work that week? On the I mean, it's a lot deeper than answering it on the surface like that. You know, the first thing is, is that, you know, between me and you and the listeners of this, you know, we got to get them on W2 ASAP. The problem with you not doing it early is that you've set the expectation of untaxed money, right? So when you get someone on W2, what happens is, is, you know, IRS takes their cut, right? Yeah. So at that point in time, it's less than what they're getting. So in other words, you say, hey, we're switching to W2, literally no benefit to you. Actually, it's going to hurt you, <laughs> you know? So like at that point, you have to look at it like this. Well, how are you currently calculating his pay now? Can I ask? Like, I'm, I don't need the number. I just want to know, like, is it piece rate? Is it hourly? Just not it's legitimate? Like, what does that look like? Hourly with bonus. Yeah. Okay. Hourly with bonus. Right. So when you do that, do you calculate his hours for the week now? Yes. Okay. Are you doing 32? No. So our average right now is around 32 to 36 unless cool so that gives you some leverage to say okay if you go to w2 you get a guaranteed 40 and that 40 has to come from 10 hours a day or it needs to come from five eights or eight or yeah five eights yeah i mean that's just standard business like and again like i'm not saying take away someone's three-day weekend but i don't think it's a good move right now in the early part of your business when you're really just trying to figure out how to get these systems together you guys need five days of solid work to refine your processes. Like, I, I don't think you're just at that phase to, to transition to four, um, at least in my opinion, because, and I know that fifth day is for you to do your estimates, but I mean, that's just a really tough thing. I mean, it would even be better for you to set Christian and new guy up and do estimates throughout the week. Do, do one a day at 12 o'clock. On your, yeah. on your lunch break, drive to go do an estimate. So it's not such a thing on Friday where you literally have so much, you, and, and I could be wrong, but I'm just speculating again. I don't know. But if you open up to me, I can help you. If Friday is such a valuable day for you to be gone, I think part of it is you don't want anyone working without you there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's the fear aspect that someone's going to get messed because up. Because you don't want to lose what you've built. Yeah. You love your reputation. And I do too, bro. Look at me. I mean, you see my reviews on Google. I mean, I'm, I'm very tied to my, I care a lot, yeah. but that, but you have to understand, I, I don't pick up a paintbrush and I can still have the same level of care and I can still have the same level of control. I just have enough faith in the individuals that I place in roles of management and give them responsibility to showcase a human's true internal attribute, which is the ability to lead. Everyone has it in them. Everyone wants to lead. Everyone has the ability to lead if they're given the opportunity. Yeah. Sounds like this person, Christian, you have is a freaking rock star. Mm -hmm. And the only person stopping that person from being autonomous and taking over a little bit of responsibility is you. Yeah. 
And I've seen people lose great people like that. Not saying that Christian is going to leave. I'm just saying because it just never happened, right? That person wants an opportunity. Who doesn't want an opportunity to showcase their their ability to lead, bro? Yeah, yeah. So my next question is so about production, right? So I leave him and him and the guy on a job site. They're working. Yeah. And um, it's uh, let's say we go back to five days. Okay. It's Thursday. They're wrapping up around 12 o'clock. Okay. Clean up. All right, guys. Good job. We still have Friday open. And this is where it gets kind of weird for me. Um, again, not being, not growing up, you know, around contractors sure. and, and, the, and the trades. Yeah. Do I call that next customer Thursday and say, hey, we're going to come Friday and Thousand set up percent. the job? Thousand percent, man. You have yeah. to fill your, I did it yesterday. We finished the job. Well, I did it today. Actually, it's Friday. So we finished the job yesterday early. And I said, hey, we're going to start prepping tomorrow. <laughs> so yes, the weekend is going to sit with plastic and coffee uh, okay. and tape. That's totally fine, man. It's like, hey, hey, listen, we're going to get started prepping. So and, and it's sales, man. Hey, we're going to get started prepping tomorrow. You will have the little plastic around the house. We're not going to box your house in, but we want to get started so we can have a fresh day of painting on Monday. You know, but my responsibility, like I've always thought that I was going to have so much pushback (laughs) and then, all right, guys, well, your first, 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 first responsibility is making sure your team has work. The second responsibility is making sure customers are happy. Like it it has to be that way. And if you, you know, that has to be your main focus. If you really feel like it's an issue, then you know what, if your number one priority is making sure that your team members have a full week of work, then you cover that that day and you offer oh. and you say hey it's a bonus that's on me for not optimizing our schedule it's not yeah. their fault they don't know they're just direct, they're just told what to do and they do it and we don't want to penalize them ever for finishing early that is like one of the yeah. worst absolutely which i'm sure you know absolutely that's a good question though it's but it, again it's just about but guess what when you can come up for air and you're not in the brush, in the sprayer with the mask on all day, you can actually think about these things and you can make these phone calls and you can coordinate these things in a, in a much easier way. Yeah. Yeah. When, so, you, when you bid a job, you should be looking at it like this. Okay. Well, when, if I go look at an interior, the first thing I want to know is how many days is this interior going to take? Hours is cool. It's a little confusing. I need to know how many days because we don't go from one job to another in the middle of the day. Do you? No, never. So it's, it has to be how many full days of work each job is going to take. It's the easiest way to do it. And it's almost like they're blocking out time. So when I look at a job, I'll say, great, this is a three-day job. I'm going to schedule it from Monday through Wednesday. Cool. When I find the two-day job, that's the date I choose for it, Thursday and Friday. And then when I find another four-day job, it's Monday through Thursday. Uh Uh-oh, I have an open Friday. Okay. Well, I need to plan for that Friday to be a prep day. Right. Or, or maybe even I find a one day job, maybe a living room, kitchen and dining room walls only. And that's where I put that one day job. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of works for us. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, and then going to sales real quick, and I've heard you use this term or ask the question, but I've never really heard the explanation. I don't know if I cut off your podcast soon or I just didn't hear or understand it. I've heard you ask people, do you negotiate your jobs on site? Do you negotiate? Like, what does that mean to you? Like, if when you're asking that question, do you do you negotiate your prices or whatever? What is what does that look like for you? Are you saying that I say this to customers? 
No, I've heard you ask other people on the, on the podcast. Oh, oh. Or in other words, like, is your pricing negotiable? So, like, mine is not. Why? But I've heard, I've heard you ask that question. Why isn't your price negotiable? It, it never has, nor have I ever had anyone say, hey, can you change that? But you've also never, you, you also have people that ghost you after you give them that price. Yeah. So, you know, the way I look at it like this is that your price has usually, if you, if you price it correctly, it usually has about 50% of gross profit margin built into it. Agree? Yeah. If you had no jobs tomorrow and you looked at your last estimate and when it was $5,000 and the customer called you and said, Hey, listen, I can't do 5,000, but I can do 4,000. Would you allow me to? do that job would you do that job for four thousand if you had no work tomorrow and your guys needed work yeah of course because that's you know maybe a 35 percent profit margin the issue is is that people don't think that your price is negotiable but your Sounds price like is never, always negotiable. no one's ever even asked no one, right? and they're not and it's this it's almost disrespectful in a way for them to be like and not many people are bold enough to do that especially with your beautiful presentation that you do so i'm not saying that you need to negotiate your prices. I'm just saying that when it comes to in-person sales, you should totally, if you need the work, you should totally be open to gauging a negotiation, right? And, and, and the reason I say that is because when you grow, you need more jobs than ever, right? So sometimes you need to capitalize on opportunity that would otherwise not be realized. So in other words, like one of the best ways to open up negotiation is after you present a price, right? Let's say it's 10 grand. And you see that customer just give you that look and they say, all right, well, I'm going to get a couple more quotes, right? Has that ever happened? You ever hear that uh, before? It, it, if, if anything, what I hear is we'll think about it. We'll, talk. we'll think of, okay. Yeah. So we'll think about it. We'll talk. Right. So maybe they don't say we'll get another quotes, but it's one of those little like minuscule objections. Right. Yeah. But you know, no. yeah. if you really need the job, it would be really silly for you to just walk out because you know this is an opportunity that you want and you need. And literally, you and I both know, again, referencing your phenomenal presentation and your presentation is, is building so much trust. And literally, if the price was perfect, why would they say no, right? Mm -hmm. There'd be no reason. You, you, you obviously will do a good job. You're presentable. They like you. You've built a ton of rapport. Literally, the only thing stopping them is the number you wrote down on your, on your proposal. So the idea is, is to say, Hey, you know, just curious, did you have a budget in mind for this project? What is the answer to that going to be? Of course, everyone has a budget when they think about buying something. When you and your wife went to buy a, that truck, I'm sure you had a number in mind that you planned on spending and you didn't, you know, you want to go over, correct? Mm -hmm. Everyone has one. And the goal is, is to just gauge what that is. And that's not really negotiation. That's just finding common ground, Travis. So in other words, like if it were 10 grand and the customer says, I wanted to be around eight, wouldn't it be cool instead of you leaving and not getting a job to say, you know what? I don't normally do this, but I really want this job. My guys could use the work. Could I meet you in the middle at nine today? That isn't negotiation. That's just finding common ground. If the answer to that is no, sorry, we need to be at eight. Well, then guess what? You know that if you go down to eight grand, you're going to get a job. And that might not be a 50% margin. That might be a 30% margin, but it really depends on how bad you need the work. So that's what that, that yeah. this is about. If you're booked for the next five months, 
Oh, don't do that. It's silly. That makes no sense. But it's a strategy that you'll have in your back pocket when you have two or three crews and crew number three, you know, needs work. You know, you want to have that strategy and you want to be able to just ask those questions just to see where they're at. Isn't it insane? And I won't go any further on this after this, but I just want to say, isn't it insane that we build up such a relationship? We build rapport. We pet the dog. We have a great time. We know that they want us to do the work. We want the job. And then when it comes down to the number, it's almost like, that's it. All right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, we can't just stop there. So that's what that's about. It's just asking a couple more yeah. questions to see if we can make it work, getting rid of the, the barrier there. Right. Yeah. Cause in my, my mind, when I started job costing, I was like, I must do X, Y, Z to make sure these numbers, you know, I, right. I got kind of, um, autonomous with that. And I do need sure. to probably back off that, especially with the growth mindset, which is what I'm aiming exactly. For. The growth mindset is as many jobs as possible because it's yeah. not so much about you making the money. It's about you having the reps and it's about you learning the sales process and it's learning how to capitalize on opportunity. Let's say we fast forward four years from now, maybe even less, and you want to bring on a salesperson because you are just killing it and you want someone to come take over sales. You want to enjoy more time with your family. You want to just hand. Okay. Well, that salesperson needs a strategy. And if you're generating leads for that salesperson, you're paying a marketer. Okay. You're not going to be happy when he tells you that people are just saying that they need to think about it or they're going to get back to you, right? You're going to say, no, dude, you need to stay in there and you need to ask what their budget is and figure out how far away we are from making a deal happen so I can capitalize on my marketing expense. That yeah. is where it comes from, right? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Right now we are, we're in August. Um, I'm, a, I'm booked out about three and a half, four months. Um, rain pending um for two exteriors you're me you know i want growth and what what does your three months look like like what are you you have too many jobs like to not be using this opportunity to hire i usually deal with people that have no jobs and want to grow and i'm like well we got we got to get jobs first. I mean, so for you, there's no fear in bringing on another person. I know you just hired one, but you need to bring on another one, and you need to play around with what doing two jobs at one time looks like. This is your time. You have customers that trust you. These are word of mouth customers. These aren't random people, right? These are people that have found you or heard about you or, or value what you offer. Um, you know, you've got to learn what it look looks like to run two jobs at one time, or if you want, do what I did and put everyone on a job and knock them out quicker and see what it looks like. It's one of those two options. You, you like the latter option? I like the option of working together. I did that and it was way easier to manage. Um, and, and I felt as though there was a lot of camaraderie built with three. Oh, yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. But I think the mistake that you'll make if you don't, if you don't have awareness about this is doing that and not putting Christian in charge because every time you step on a job site, Christian loses his opportunity to have some authority and your job is to place the authority in someone else's hands. The quicker you can learn how to do that, not do it, learn how to do it. The better you will be at developing leaders because the only success metric is your ability to get work done through other people. Does that make sense? Doing yeah. work yourself does not guarantee you success. That just guarantees you that you stay busy and you have a job, <laughs> you know, yeah. but the ability to produce quality results through 
other people should be the metric that you care most about in your business. And that only happens when you let go. Yeah. So um, I do have one ask of you. Sure. But it's not without a, it's not without an offering. So I clicked on a link that you sent me a while back and it's dead now. It's the uh, hiring class. I've okay. done four hiring <laughs> classes and all of them, they kind of just phase me, you know, build the robot, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I try to take tidbits from each of them. Yep. So man, if you can send me that link again. I'm oh assuming. man, I love those types of cups. So I will take you up on that. Gotcha. Those are my favorite types of cup. I drink orange juice out of them. I have one here. It's like a, it's a Colts cup, just like that. <laughs> yeah, I would love to uh, give you that, man. That's no problem. But when it comes to hiring, man, like, dude, you know, you got to look at it like you're recruiting someone, like your paint ops, right? So, I mean, for me, I love the vision. I love what you embody. You guys are like soldiers, man. You know, at least this way I see it. You look like a soldier. You're from the police department, you have this certain, I don't know, you have this certain aura that everything that you do is with integrity is with, you know, all, all, everything about that. So when it comes to your hiring process, I mean, if anyone should have a solid front to back hiring process, it should be you. And that's what I want to build, but I've never done it. So I'm just, I'm so ignorant. Let me ask you, how'd you find the, the next guy? That's not Christian, the other guy. So he called, uh, we were working on a large commercial job. And I was on the way with Christian. I told him, I looked at Christian. I said, dude, I said, we need someone else for this job. I said, I, my back is breaking. We were, we were killing ourselves with this. And yeah. uh, literally we got there, we set up job site and my phone rings and I answered. I was like, Hey, you know, this is Travis. And he said, Hey, my name is, uh, my name is Zach. And I saw your truck in my neighborhood and I'm looking for work. And I said, man, I'd love to have an interview with you. When can you meet? Cool. And he said, well, I'm actually heading to an interview at a local grocery store. I said, cool, let's meet tonight. So I <laughs> uh, got home from the job site, uh, met him in my office, and we basically just had a, a quick interview about his past experience and my growth, where I see my company um, and his future in it. Um, from there, I said, you know, are you willing to um, give paint ops a try? And he said, absolutely. And since then, he has just been incredible i love the story you got blessed yeah i got very lucky all right lucky you know I, I say bless it was a blessing you know but we can't rely on the luck factor to sustain mm -hmm. our business you know this why you asked for the hiring course because you need something that's going to produce that again you're in a very interesting scenario right everything that you've had in your business has come to you okay great for the beginning stages of business very poor for the latter stages of business. So again, yeah. like, and I like that you're shifting now, right? So action step number one, like literally after you get off this phone call, if you have the time, you need to get on gusto and you need to set up a payroll system. Okay. That is number one. When I look at any hiring, like if you don't have an onboarding system that accurately reports payroll to the local entities, pays taxes on behalf of your, of your employees, facilitates workers comp, all the things that are almost like a, a barrier to entry. Being transparent here, because there's been some complacency as to why you haven't done this. And I think it's because you just didn't know. And that's cool because you're, I love that you just have this mindset of like, I'm going to learn, ask the questions. But when you present your sales process to your customers, the number one thing that you value from what I've seen 
from what you've shown me is integrity. Integrity is what is carrying you to where you are. And integrity in hiring and integrity in doing things on the back end is one of the most valuable things that you could do. And it'll exude to your customers. And you'll have a sense of pride about that. It's like, everything's legitimate. Like there's a part of you that has that little like, eh, you know, yeah. we'll get rid of that immediately because it's going to be great when you do that hiring process and maybe someone's considering another opportunity and you can just look them in the eye and say, hey, as soon as we're done this, you're going to get an email uh, to onboard yourself to our, you know, to our HR department. And you're going to be able to put in your bank account information. You're going to get direct deposit every single week. And, you know, you're not going to have to worry about, you know, where the money's coming. I mean, you know, yeah. that's it. you know what the beautiful thing about that is, is that, of course, if they work for you a long time, they'll be able to, you know, loan things like a car or an apartment mm. or maybe even get a house because they have a W-2. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's my theory behind it. And that's what I believe the impact of being a business, a business owner is about. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, when I first set up and I went and talked to a CPA, he said, uh, I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, right now they're telling I'm looking at W2 and the straight shot answer was, you know, you're looking at money versus money, you know, more money versus less money. And I said, well, so I'm not really worried about the money right now. I'd rather these guys. I hope he's not your CPA. No, good. no. Yeah. I was was interviewing him. Yeah, I like that, that you you're very dialed in when it comes to doing your processes. Let take it from me. When you pr- prioritize money over people, you're never yeah. going to be successful in business. Right. And oh. I think again, like I'm not telling you something you probably don't know, but that answer right there should have told you everything you know about the fact that that person's value system is skewed. You know, for me, it's like, okay, if it's going to cost me more money, guess what I need to do? Learn how to be a better salesperson learn how to give more value, learn how to upsell because I'm going to make up, you know? I have this vision that like, you know, whoever I bring on, because I want to do like retirement plans, like all kinds, not through like me necessarily, but like, hey, hey, this is a company. They work with paint ops. You give them X amount of money, work on your retirement now. Just because a lot of the people I talk to, like they don't understand retirement, you know, future and stuff like that, you know? Sure. Especially like young kids in the trades. But yeah. Yeah, Travis, I mean, you have a leadership mentality. The only thing stopping you from growth is yourself. It's taking the leap. Remember, and hold this to be something that you hold on to whenever you face a big decision in terms of investing money. The biggest decision that you have ever made or will make when it comes to risk is quitting that job. Anything outside of that is nothing. Investing in a marketer. Okay, so what? It's three grand. Guess what? If he doesn't produce you results that exceed three grand, well, then that means that he didn't do his job, right? In other words, you know, like the the mindset needs to be like, what is the value that I can receive in this investment rather than what is the cost? And when you ask the first question that I just said first over and over and over again, that's when you'll start to see the transition happen. Yeah. My wife, we went to dinner and, uh, you know, here I am, we're paying for this nice dinner. Everything's real good. And I'm killing myself at work. You know, I'm real proud of myself, what I've done. And she kind of looked at me. She was like, you good? I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're at dinner. She was like, well, I was kind of like wondering what you're doing with the business. And I was like, I'm working my tail off. You know what I mean? Like we're doing good. She said, okay, well, you know, you quit your job. I just thought you were going to do more. And I was like, what? So now I'm like, dude, I've been in here. Getting, that, getting everything ready just to grow and a little bit of, a little bit of motivation oh yeah oh yeah 
It's good, man. You know, I just think that like, man, there's just some foundational things that need to be put in place. Gusto's a good start. The hiring course is going to help you have a, have a system. I'll give you that. Right. One of the things that you really need to do is you need to hire one more person immediately. Get that third person. Again, that's scary. Might be wise to find someone with experience, right? That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, take a little bit of the load off, right? Decide if you want to do a crew of three. Put Christian in charge. Stop running the show. You're the owner. Everyone gets it. But the best thing you could do is showcase Christian as the project manager. He's the one who's in charge. And if you can get bold enough to your customers, say Christian's in charge, then you're going to start seeing Christian do things that he normally doesn't do. And you have to have that conversation. I have no clue who Christian is. I don't know his personality, but from what you've told me, it sounds like somebody that you admire in terms of his work ethic and should be rewarded for what he's done so far with you for the last almost two years. Yeah. You know, do you think he'd be up for the challenge of being the project manager? Oh yeah. We, we literally have that chant regularly. And, you know, it's always, so I think it's wise to do a sit down with the raise with a, with an overview of what his responsibilities are. And I think you're disciplined enough to outline those responsibilities and keep those responsibilities accountable. You can't grow if you're painting. Yeah. It won't happen. If you find yourself with anything in your hand that is not a pen, <laughs> you know, your, or your cell phone, making a phone call, then you got to realize that you're not growing, you're sustaining. So that's not a bad thing. Cause even when I started my business, I was the only one that knew how to spray. So I would do all the spraying and then leave after that and go do my estimates and go handle my business and let them do the cutting in rolling and finishing up the job. You yeah. Know, don't let that be a hindrance to your growth. But, you know, last question I have here, how, and I, I feel like I know the answer to this, but how often do you let Christian spray? Oh, almost, almost every job. So he should be ready soon. He, he gets well, there. Like, there's a difference between house painting spray. There's a difference between house painting spray and cabinet spraying. So make sure you tell me we, which one. We do, we do spray our exteriors, but when we do all of our trim, like do full house trims, we, we spray all of our trim in, indoors. Okay. He gets nervous because, um, you know, we're in people's house, you know, and he's seen me, you know, in the beginning, uh, get some overspray places you know my my favorite thing i ever heard it was chris berry um idaho painter he said it can all be fixed so now whenever we <laughs> get some overspray, i'm like it can be fixed it's fine it can we'll be fixed. It done. <laughs> but um but yeah so i do have I'm like, hey knock out that room um he'll spray what i really need to do is just take a full two or three days and just say hey man me and you were spraying a shed every angle of it together yeah. we're gonna dial this thing in yeah. um what do you think about what I told you today, man? Anything stick out? Yeah, it, it's it's almost one of those things. Like it's it's everything I tell myself I need to do. Um, that's why I asked you. You know, hey, three months from now, what are you mean? What are you doing? I do believe I need to um, hire another person. My fear is to have three people because, like I told Christian, you know, if I can make you eighty percent as good as me, I am happy with that standard. You know, I'm a like a paint uh, perfectionist, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a sag and drip in it. Nope, get it, fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's where your quality control comes in. He yeah. can do the bulk of the work. You could come in and make sure it's refined to your standard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think I need to let control in that aspect for sure. Um, hire and look at probably my hours. So that way I can do some more estimates. Um, 
My big is like I haven't wanted to shut off estimates, so I'm still taking the leads in. Never but. shut off estimates, but the thing is, is that you know it's it's all right. Here's another example: when you show up to a house and they're all excited, and then you guys go through the whole sales process, and they hey, by the way, you know how long until you can get to us? That is the worst feeling, and they always look <laughs> crazy. And they're then, like, hey. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm 14 weeks out, you know? Oh my God, dude. So again, like I said, your customers are suffering right now. This isn't good. Don't have the illusion that you are hitting your stride in your business. It's almost good to make sure that you humbly accept the fact that you're failing. And that doesn't mean that you're failing in the the eyes of, you know, society, because you did build something great, but the failure aspect of you're failing these people that want your service are ready to pay for your service, but you can't get to them, should be motivation to go over the barriers that you're facing now, which is maybe the fear of bringing on somebody and not having enough work or finding a marketer and, and you know not being able to sustain the marketing budget. Well, you do that as a business owner by balancing out production. And you can only do that when you're not painting because you can't yeah, see the picture. Yeah, because there's nights I get home and I don't even want to look at a computer. You, you know don't even I mean? want to look at it, right? So we can't live that way. And you can also do it like this. Maybe you take three days a week off and you paint two. You know, I mean, don't just go cold turkey. I know that you really enjoy the trade. And I'm not saying you have to stop painting. I mean, I'm just saying that your job is to build a legacy. And yeah. it's hard to do that with your head down. Got to shift that mindset. And I think you've helped a lot with that. Um, cool. Yeah, man. Right on. I just got to find someone that's on par. There's someone out. right now. It's Friday. Okay. They just got their paycheck. It sucked. They hate their job, but they're a great person. They don't get recognized for it. There's no appreciation and they want a better opportunity. And right now you're sitting on this call with me when you could be getting that hiring course after we get off this, knocking yeah. it out real quick, putting out the ad and getting applicants and growing. If you were a franchise, which I think you could be with your branding, it's amazing. I love, okay? I think it's cool. Who knows? That could happen for you. The first thing you would do when you would go into a town or a city, hire a marketer, hire SEO, get a website built, and start hiring immediately. You'd have at least a $10,000 budget to do that, right? And it's like yeah. you've waited two years to really spark that up for no reason because the return is almost instant. If you blow up marketing, you're going to get leads. And if you blow up hiring, you're going to get applicants. Your job is the middleman. You connect the supply to the demand. That's your yeah. job. That is Travis's responsibility. You find the demand and then you produce supply for that demand. And your job is to perfect the supply because the supply is your product. Your product is your team. Your team is how well you treat them and you refine them and you create a culture for them and you train them and you produce a greater product over and over and over again. When you look at it from that perspective, you have not been doing that in an optimi optimized way just because of how busy you've been. So yeah. this is a good thing. I hope that you transition from here. Let Christian take over, man. Yeah, no doubt. You fired up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to send you that link for the hiring course. Then I'm going to send you an address to yeah. give me that. Yeah, cover. I know where I can get that to, man. <laughs> cool, man. Any other questions, man? Anything I can uh, hit on? Um. Not at the moment. Oh, marketing. Oh, yeah. My last question. My last sure. question. So I did a marketing experiment um, last uh, not last November, and my goal was to basically book January and February, beginning of the year. Okay. I had this big vision. It was this EDDM, um, big single room discount because we had a lot of people call. Hey, I just want one room. You know. 
And uh, I, I spent about a thousand dollars in the campaign and uh, I got zero return um, at all. I actually ended up having one friend call him. It was like, they actually lived in the area that I selected. And they're like, dude, you can come paint if you want. <laughs> I asked you a question. Yeah. If you had a cavity, would you try to fix it yourself? No. Why not? Well, I'm not qualified. Right. Yeah. Do you think you're a qualified I, marketer? I spearheaded that. I packaged each freaking label. <laughs> sent them out of I got zero. Let the, let, let the pros do what they're good at. You do what you're good at. So that's my question. From your experience, what is the best marketing spend? Is I, I in my head, I like social media, so I would say Facebook. But I feel like people kind of shop on Facebook. The best, the best marketing spend is diversification. <laughs> you gotta be diversified. You need to be anywhere and everywhere a potential homeowner would find somebody like you, right? So in other words, you have a great Google reputation. You should totally be doing Google ads. 100%, right? You should be doing Facebook ads to get to create awareness. Maybe somebody sees you on Facebook, then they go to Google, Google you, and then they call you, right? It's, it, you know, uh, and yes, on Facebook, you can get leads, but it's also about awareness. It's about creating, you know, branding on Facebook, seeing paint ops, paint ops, paint. Oh, I would like to get my house painter, my cabinets painter, whatever you decide to do. Um, yeah. Home advisor, which was, which is now Angie, um, they produce ready to go leads. I mean, people that go through a very, pretty rigorous form at that point, once they hit submit, they're pretty committed, you know? So I think at your stage, right, you have two, it's the two of you. So you're probably generating between, and I could be wrong and you don't have to say yes or no, but I'm just going to speculate here between 15 and 20 grand a month on a high end. Okay. If you look at that number, let's say it's 20 grand. Okay. You should be looking at 10% cost of marketing, right? So that means that your marketing expense should be 10% of your sales. So that means that you should be spending at least $2,000 a month on marketing. That means you need to be taking 10% out of all the dollar that all the dollars that you bring in and putting it back into marketing. Okay. Now, the goal is for that to go lower and the only way that that goes lower is if you sell more of those opportunities. You don't need to spend as much on marketing, right? Yeah. So the goal is to get to maybe 5% um, in your business, but early on, you need to really kind of diversify. So I would say that try to be comfortable with allocating $2,000 to mark. And, and you're, when you chop $2,000 up, that that's, I guess my fear. I don't want to put too little on Google too little on, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like, but if you were to Eric pick has a few different packages, so you'll have to talk with him, you know, but I think that again, like the goal should be get some Google get some Facebook, start there, you know, just, and, and the cool thing is, is that usually these marketing things take a few weeks to get going, maybe four or five weeks to really kick in. You have the luxury right now, man, you have jobs that could be done. And how do you, you might even say, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to pluck one of these jobs out that I have booked. I'm going to complete it. And that's going to help me just with this marketing expense. Right. So, I mean, you can play with it like that, but again, like di diversify I have two references. I'll give you, I have one for Google and I have one for Facebook, which is Eric. Um, so, you know, I think just connect with them, go through their presentation, see what they have to say. You know, I, I tell everyone that, you know, make your decision, you know, everyone's going to have different results. Some people crush it. Some people don't again, having drip jobs is going to help because you know, they're going to send the lead right to drip jobs, be followed up with instantly text message, email, book an appointment, ready to go. So, I mean, you have some things there that are going to help you. Um, but, you know, again, you need reps. 
You need to see what it's like to generate leads, convert those opportunities to sales. That's the goal. Yeah. All right, my yeah. friend. I appreciate you, brother. All right, I'm going to send you some stuff later. All right, man. All right, Trav. Talk to you, man. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to that business breakthrough. So uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to transition this episode to a testimonial. That's right. So uh, one of our awesome Drip Jobs users was kind enough to do a short testimonial for us. I asked him some questions that I'm sure a lot of us have about what Drip Jobs is. Is it valuable? So if you would like to sit and listen to this, I'd appreciate it. You can sit, hang around, and hear what one of our very happy clients has to say about Drip Jobs for his business. What's up, everyone? I'm here with Mark Bradford. Okay, first of all, let me start with this. You were one of the most skeptical people to ever use Drip Jobs. What's changed, man? Do you like it? Was it worth it? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest thing is like the return on investment is like instant. As soon as you integrate it with, um, you know, the stuff that you already have in place. Um, you know, I linked it with my website, uh, nice. with my get a, get a re, uh, request a quote button. Yeah. And it's just every email, every phone call that I get uh, for, you know, customers requesting an estimate. Uh, I just redirect them to the website and drip jobs yeah. takes over from there. Love it. So yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely been a game changer. Um, I'm still learning some of the aspects of it. Um, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's great that there's new and updated features uh, coming in all the time. So and I'm definitely yeah. excited for the Google calendar when that comes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's made Good, a huge man. difference. Good. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that was one of the things is because you and I had spoke before and you weren't sure if, you know, because sometimes it might feel like Drip Jobs is too big, right? Because I know that you kind of do your own thing. Are you still, you know, solo? Um, well, I do have a couple full-time guys and a part-time guy. So, okay. you oh, know, cool. it's, All right. yeah, it's, um, we're definitely growing, um, you know, so we want to use, you know, whatever's appropriate as we grow. And I yeah. think that, grow you know, into Drip Jobs, right. yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's, there's still some features of drip jobs that I don't utilize yet, but that's just because I need to take the time to really fine tune them and tweak them. Absolutely. Um, so I still use every part of it. It's just, um, there's, there's some parts of my, my old estimating process that work in tandem. Yep. Um, you know, so eventually we'll be merging that. Um, so Great. I was, like I said, it's just, you know, it's a fine tuning. So, so process. you got, so a couple of things, you mentioned the booking link and I just want to make sure you know this. I know you're directing people to go to your website, but we added a button on the bottom menu. Uh, it says new request. Have you seen that on the drip jobs app? Um, that I don't know that I've seen that. No, you got to check it out. So okay. if someone calls you, you hit that button and you just punch in their phone number and it sends them the link. So you oh, don't have cool. to say, hey, go to the website. You just hit that button, put in their phone number, and then just like that, they get the link to fill out the form. Oh, even better. Yeah. So save a step there. So you've been um, using it now for, I think, two months. We reached out to you because you're killing it. Um, just curious in terms of the, you've been sending proposals. Have people been responding to the automated messages? Um, yeah. I mean, for the most part, uh getting onto the drip jobs, um, drips and getting to scheduling is been very quick. 
Um, so honestly, most of the responses that I've been getting through the automated uh, responses have been like, um, just after because you send I, the proposal mostly after I send the proposal right. and, you know, um, so I, I've gotten maybe one or two where they were kind of on the fence and the automated email helped sway them over to the side. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but for the most part, it's, you know, a lot of them have been just, I go out, do the estimate, um, you know, and they want to get on the schedule within the next couple of days. So, Huge. Huge, um, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, so overall, would you say, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy, you know, software can be pretty crazy. I mean, we'll, one of our focuses as a company is to like try to make it as simple as possible for you to get in, do what you need to do and get out. Do you feel as though like, you know, it's pretty easy to navigate and use? I think once you spend a good day, day and a half with it, it's yeah, you, you can jump right in as long as you're, you know, somewhat computer savvy. Absolutely. Yeah. It. So it's, yeah, it's getting, and it's getting more user-friendly. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, you notice start. we started putting the, uh, the lead sources there on the, yeah. the on the deal cards? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's just like being that. able to see where people come from. Right. Yeah. And the customers <laughs> have been using it too. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah, we forced them to on that yeah. form. <laughs> yeah. I wondered because it just started all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah. oh, word of mouth. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Word of mouth. Okay. And you know what? Gen generally people are really honest on there um, yeah. which is cool you know it's yeah. not like you know they just like pick whichever one because i'll kind yeah. of follow up so i'm like how'd you hear about it? it's just to see if they lied you know yeah. it's like all right that matches with what you put yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. i got data that i need to look at lady so make sure you're you're, you're correct here <laughs> um, right now that's exactly. awesome man so just last thing man i always like to end with this on one of these is you were on the fence more than, like I said, anyone, I think you tried it and then you didn't use it. And then I think Mike gave you a kick in the butt and I was like, dude, give yeah. it a try. We sat down. If you uh, could reach, if you could talk to somebody that's on the fence, maybe just doesn't have a good system or has their own system and they're thinking about drip jobs. What's one thing you would say to them, you know, uh, to, to sway them. I would say, I mean, you're not, you're not locked in, um, you know, and it, like I said before, the return on investments immediate. If you have a decent, if you can present yourself well to the customer, drip jobs will do the rest. Boom. That's that's it. You know, Love keep it, it simple. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. Mark, yeah. you're the man. Continue, continued success for you, my friend. I see that you're growing, and uh, I think it's only up from here. I appreciate your time, man. This was 100% voluntary on your part, bro, and it means a lot. Yep. You took time out of your day to do it. So thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Tanner.